Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, October 28th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The hits to big tech stocks just kept coming this week. We'll chat with Katie Martin about it. Credit Suisse came out with a radical restructuring plan. Investors heard it, and then they dumped their shares. Plus, the FT investigated working conditions at the Saudi Arabia office of KPMG. Several individuals, having been told that they had to leave quite suddenly, were verbally warned by the Saudi management team that they had better comply with the firm's wishes or else they would face unpleasant consequences. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The biggest U.S. tech companies reported earnings this week, and with some exceptions, it wasn't pretty. Amazon yesterday issued bleak revenue forecast for the rest of the year. Its stock price fell 20% in after-hours trading. Earlier in the week, Facebook parent company Meta and Google parent company Alphabet reported falling ad sales and their stock prices tanked. All told, big tech shares lost nearly a trillion dollars in value this week. And underneath a lot of this are the signs of a slowing U.S. economy. To talk more about this, I've got the FT's U.S. markets editor, Katie Martin, on the line. Hey, Katie. Hey, how are you doing? Okay, so uh, we have had just a hell of a week when it comes to tech (laughs) stocks. Uh, First, we had Microsoft and Alphabet had some pretty bad stuff that they reported, but then Meta came in on Wednesday. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Said Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Um, What's going on? What's the thread here? The thread, I guess, for a lot of these things is that it's online ads that are having a really torrid time. And the decline in online ads is one thing, and that sort of relates to a weakness in the U.S. consumer and in the global consumer that I think is a really important point. But Meta slash Facebook also has the issue that Mark Zuckerberg is still spending an absolute ton of cash on the metaverse and investors are starting to think, hmm, is this a good idea? But in addition, yeah, the, this weakness in, in consumers is is a bigger issue that, that sort of spreads across a number of different companies. And that is not a great sign of health of the of the underlying economy. And so um, it's been a really, really bad run for tech stocks. And as you know, these tech stocks are pretty big. So they have like a an outsized influence on the on the overall stock market. So we need to pay attention to what these stocks are doing, and it and it's not looking great. Well, so and I think part of the confusion, at least part of the reason why I'm confused, which is not a major feat to be honest <laughs> with you, is is we got this GDP reading out of the U.S. Uh, on Thursday, and things look good, right? It, it was yeah. growth was up two point six percent. Um, but then you have all these tech earnings reports that came out. And as you and our colleague Richard Waters have said, this kind of points to things going downward in the broader economy. So, like, mm. which is it? Is Are things going up? Is the economy good? Or is the economy bad? Or do we just not know? I think we don't know is, is the short answer to the question. I think, you know, for investors, for markets, we're getting to towards the end of an absolutely terrible year. And so the, there's an element whereby a lot of fund managers are saying, no, but seriously, how much worse can it get? Surely. Yeah, where's the bottom? Are we there yet? You know, this is the question that investors have been asking for months and months and months. Maybe we're kind of almost there. Maybe we're closer to being there than we were at, at the start of the year. You know, maybe we're closer to this Fed 
pivot than than you know we might realize so we're talking you know maybe they'll still do 75 next time around but then they'll start having quite a public conversation around whether to cut it back a little bit in terms of the pace i would caution that i feel like we've seen this movie before i feel like anyone with a kind of bullish or at least constructive view on the market has been run over multiple times through the course of 2022 it's just a bit of a mess out there honestly katie martin is the ft's markets editor thank you as always katie Pleasure. Speaking of a sell-off, shares in Credit Suisse fell 20% yesterday after the European bank announced a radical restructuring plan. It includes shrinking the lender's investment bank and selling off parts of its securitized products business, which is really profitable. Thousands of employees will lose their jobs. The restructuring will be backed by the Saudi National Bank. Its investment will also make it the largest shareholder in Credit Suisse. Shareholders are concerned about the Swiss lender's decision to pull back from global investment banking and double down on wealth management, especially in the Middle East. One of the world's biggest accounting firms, KPMG, is under scrutiny for working conditions in Saudi Arabia. Earlier this year, a popular director at KPMG in Riyadh named Donny Deval unexpectedly died. There's no evidence of foul play, but after his death, expats from that office raised the alarm about working conditions. The FT's special investigations editor, Madison Marriage, looked into this, and she joins me now. Hi, Madison. Hi there. So, Madison, what drew your attention to employee problems at the KPMG office in Saudi Arabia in the first place? Um, It all started with the first whistleblower who approached me earlier this year, uh, beginning of the summer, popped up with a message in my LinkedIn inbox. So the the person who first got in touch with me hadn't known Danny well, but knew who he was and I think had been quite alarmed by how he had been treated and the kind of circumstances leading up to his death. Madison, can can you tell us a little bit more about Danny's experience and what happened to him? So Danny had worked um, for KPMG for 20 years, but he'd worked in the Riyadh office for nearly five years. And people who knew Danny well said he was very popular, very funny, very straight talking. You know, if he didn't like something, he'd tell you he didn't like it. But he would really go out of his way to help people who who maybe other people wouldn't give the kind of time of day to. So overall, just a a really fantastic, well-loved guy. In early to mid-June, he was told that the firm would not review his visa to remain in Saudi Arabia and that he had kind of a matter of weeks to pack up his bags and leave when he had been expecting to work there until his retirement. And then what happened? Uh, within a matter of days, he was found dead in his apartment. So do we know what happened to him? Um, we know that his official cause of death was suffocation. Wow. So no suggestion of foul play, but how does Donnie's story stack up with other employees' experiences at KPMG Saudi Arabia? So what my sources have told me is that what happened to Danny is indicative of a pattern of behavior within KPMG Saudi Arabia, whereby expats are lured to Saudi Arabia with the promise of really high earnings. You don't pay any tax. You live in these quite extravagant compounds with swimming pools and cinemas and hammams and golf courses. You know, there's a a fun side to expat life in Riyadh. But the downside, and there are some big downsides, which my whistleblower said they had no awareness of before they went there, is that you can effectively be kicked out of the country at a moment's notice. And 
it completely wrecks your life. You might have moved your entire family over there. You might have paid your rent 12 months in advance. You might have purchased a car and you've literally got a matter of days to sell all your stuff and get out of there. And it's really traumatic. What has uh, KPMG Saudi Arabia said in response to this? Anything? Have they commented? Yes, they provided us with... um, kind of lengthy statements where they say they don't recognize a lot of the claims in the article and that, you know, they really value their employees and are trying to do right by them. But that does not reflect the experience of the 12 individuals who either currently work there or used to work there that I interviewed. It is really important to underline that my sources are really seasoned professionals with decades of experience. Some of them have worked for KPMG all over the world. So they know what the firm is like, you know, its upsides and its downsides, but they were really shocked by what they encountered in How does KPMG respond to whistleblowers, either specifically in this situation, but in in general? So I think the frustration in this case is that the way KPMG works is it's a global network of firms. KPMG UK is owned by its UK partners. KPMG in Tokyo is owned by its Tokyo partners. And the same goes for KPMG Saudi Arabia. But there is a kind of overarching body that's meant to supervise all of those firms and make sure that they all have the same standards of governance and behavior and auditing standards, etc. And that governing body is called KPMG International. And In the course of doing the research into working practices in Saudi Arabia, I found that at least three whistleblowers had sent formal reports to KPMG International saying, please, can you come and take a look at what's going on in Riyadh? And as far as they could tell, KPMG International has not taken any action. Madison, thank you so much for your time and and work on this story. Thank you. Before we go, just a gentle reminder that the FT Weekend podcast will only be on our feed until this Saturday. After that, you'll only be able to find them on their own exclusive feed. So be sure to subscribe to that so you can hear all the great conversations about film, food, and life. We'll have a link to their feed in the show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forez. Cheryl Bromley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.